When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right, let's do this. Let's get it going. I am Hundo PP ready. Ew. <laughs> I am Hundo right. PP. That's a great name. Attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? This is my friend Sean. Aki, you might know him. His next tape, Hundo PP. <laughs> Sean, aka Hundo PP. Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, a.k.a. the Sex in the City gang, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, and I'm at a club where you either eat squash or play squash. <laughs> That's very Swiss. And, and with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. When I come back next week and this report shows me no <laughs> mistakes, we can talk about names... All day. Our favorite names, silly made-up names, normal names said in a silly voice. Wouldn't that be nice? I would like that. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be discussing the Season 8 episode, Doomsday. Uh, later we'll head to the conference room for some messages sent in from our listeners and for some tapas Swissmas from Edwin. Uh, and we'll finish up the show with some trivia sent in by Darren. Uh, and uh, yeah, before we get going, any any housekeeping, uh, any housekeeping, boys? Just quick, just the quick normal stuff here. Uh, you know, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Get in there. $5 a month. Support the show. Join the Scott's Tots. Add free episodes. Bonus content. Exclusively monthly mailbag episodes, which really are the creme de la creme of this show. Uh, if, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you better. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, you know what we haven't done in like three years? Give us a rating and review. You know, Jump on your local <laughs> podcast platform. Let, us, let them know what you think. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Pocket Cast. Podbean? Overcast. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of apps, dude. Oh. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, but wherever you are, Stitcher, uh, let us know what you think. That'll help the show. Uh, that's all. Yes, and thank you to uh, those of you who uh, have joined Patreon or have written us reviews. We really appreciate it. Thank Bless you so you. much. Bless you. Okay, we're going to get into Doomsday Season 8, Episode 6. It aired on November 3rd, 2011. It was written by Daniel Chun, another writer from The Simpsons, and uh, he wrote my favorite episode, Murder. Uh, it was also directed by Troy Miller, who's a television producer who's produced great shows like Arrested Development, Ooh. The Flight of the Concord Show, 
but I loved to see that he uh, has bangers. directed some things uh, like Jack Frost starring Mike, Michael Keaton, a classic, <laughs> a classic Christmas movie. Uh, so there you go, uh, Troy Miller. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this is this is Doomsday. Uh, Edwin, what do you got to say about this this episode? Why are we talking about it this week? I wanted to talk about this episode this week in part because, uh, as many of you may know, I'm uh, recording from Switzerland, where it is it's eight nineteen p.m. here, and for you guys, it's what eleven a.m. thereabouts. Eleven nineteen mm-hmm. on a lovely Wednesday, and here they don't have Peacock. Peacock is not available, um, mm. so I've been watching oh. The Office on Netflix which is a good throwback. So crazy. Um, and so I've been watching the show in just a different way. Back on Netflix, it's, uh, it's a very much an old habit. So, and re-watching the show quite a bit lately, and uh, as, as we do, as, as fans do. And this episode really, really stood out to me just in, as I've been re-watching the show. Um, it, and we'll talk about a few of these things, but uh, it's a little bit separate from some of the bigger plot lines in the, in the season. At least it feels like that to me. Um, a little bit separate or still in that zone of Andy becoming manager and everyone in the office be coming to terms with it. Um, it's much bef- it's uh, earlier than the Florida arc, and which I associate very strongly with this season. Yeah. And then I think most importantly, number one, this episode has a, is a very, very much about Dwight. And number two, it has a number of comedic moments from season eight that are all gathered into this one episode that stand out to me a lot when I think about season eight. So many of them were right here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's yeah. why I wanted to talk about it today. We haven't done a ton from season eight or nine, so we always kind of pick and choose. We're pretty picky with doing those later ones. And uh, yeah, this one definitely has the, it has the soul of like an early office episode, but in the body of the late office, I guess <laughs> that's weird to say. Um, but that's, that's how this one felt to me, uh, you know, watching it with, with fresh eyes yet again um, for this show. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, dude. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, let's. Uh, as always, a good place to start. A great cold open in this episode. This is the uh, closing time cold open. This is the closing yes. time cold open. Uh, love to hear Andy singing as always. Um, and uh, I and... like to see him rubbing a towel in, in his crotch. Back and forth. <laughs> really suggestive behavior from the boss there yeah <laughs> doing that move out by accounting <laughs> i love i mean it makes perfect sense to me that that andy would uh, want to start this tradition and uh that everyone would be super irritated by it and it's really he it's funny too because it's he's so upset that no one's into it but he doesn't even recognize that it's all about him this whole <laughs> tradition yeah. The performance. The other thing is that he says that doesn't totally track is he's like, because Pam points out that he's been boss for 105 days. So we've heard this song 105 times. You'd think after that many, he'd realize people don't like it. Right. Or maybe the fact that no one cares is that they've watched this 100 times and yeah. they're tired of it. Maybe and he's... it doesn't make sense that after 100 days, he'd be like, you guys don't like it? Fine. Like, Jeez, dude. <laughs> Took a long room. time for him to break. Um, yeah, I maybe think... oh, yeah. perhaps he thought, uh, you know, he needed to ramp up the performance. And so this is him oh. after many, many times. Uh, you know, the... now, now he's added the crotch towel and <laughs> he's, you know, making a lot of eye contact with Phyllis and <laughs> my favorite I... part is that we just casually wipes out Jim's mug <laughs> as he walks <laughs> yeah. by with a towel like a bartender 
I it's funny to watch this. It's such a different sort of tone in the bullpen in season eight compared to Michael's early seasons where you feel like everyone would be so worried about repercussions for Michael or the possibility of downsizing that they would just kind of go along with what Michael said because they had to. And at this point in the show, uh, all the characters are so familiar with each other that, and we're still Andy 105 days, but as a viewer, you're what? Six episodes in. Um, and, uh, it's, they, they, they're all just irritated and they can't hide it and they don't bother to hide it. Dwight just puts right. on headphones. Um, mm-hmm. Jim makes a remark. Oh, what's that? That's my boss singing closing time. The only people that are into it are uh, Aaron yeah. and Stanley. Yeah. Aaron. yeah. Great, great Yelp from Aaron. And yes. uh, as we've talked about, Stanley's entrance through the door yeah. is, uh, is an all-timer here. Closing I also love Oscars. <laughs> and then the immediate, the immediate concession that like he doesn't like the song, but he loves it. He's like, I didn't care for it, but it's still his favorite <laughs> song. Uh, the resolve of Stanley is is deep and true. You also get Oscar's like thousand yard stare, just oh, like <laughs> that feels. I don't know how he didn't break. Office. Yeah, because he's yeah. right next to Oscar when he does the towel, and it mm-hmm. like watching that. It feels like Ed Helms made that up on the spot. Just doing doing. Oh yeah, the towel totally. Floss between he, his legs. He grabs Meredith's hand. It is like <laughs> spinning her around in her chair. You know, Oscar Oscar Martinez famously doesn't break. And uh, if you right. watch all of the bloopers, there are two instances that I can think Oscar of where he does Nunez. break. Nunez. Oscar Nunez, of course. Oh, my mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, the two instances where he breaks is Andy during the, I think it's during the sex set episode. It's yes. a blooper from season seven where Ed Helms does this little thing with his, yeah, the, he puts his fingers in front of his nose. Um, <laughs> and they are like, oh, my God, Oscar broke. Oscar broke. Yeah. Like pointing it out to everyone and, uh, yeah. on set. The other one is uh, when Andy's manager and Phyllis is listening to Fifty Shades of Grey and they all have to explain the premise. Oh, and yeah. and Oscar breaks again. And he's like, I'm sorry, it's just such a ridiculous premise. Um, but those, <laughs> So it makes sense. If anyone's not going to break, it's going to be does Oscar. He, does he not break during he breaks when he's murder? Like, in the blue in the yeah. dirt. Oh, he does. The yeah. green box. That's true. Yeah. I know. I think everybody else breaks before he does. Steve yeah, breaks they, I think I don't know right. if he breaks. I think I they think, break. Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of like, I can't. Let's stop that. Let's, do, let's not do this. <laughs> Please don't do this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the rest of the episode. Uh, this, of course, uh, is Doomsday. Uh, Robert California uh, shows up, and uh, I love this. This meeting between Andy and, and Robert California is fabulous for so many parts. I, um, I. I uh, I like that Andy reveals that he call, he calls uh, Kevin Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Mm-hmm. Oscar is the Sex of the City gang, and Angela. <laughs> he doesn't get to Angela. Who if you can picture it? He goes, Angela. If you can picture <laughs> another uh, another, you can keep the teapot letter. <laughs> Tell me. What I know Andy what. Calls yeah, out. what does Andy Angela. call Angela? If this early, they have a history. Yeah, yeah. At this early stage in the season, we get so much of Robert being in the office and talking directly to Andy, and Andy having to kind of mm-hmm. deal with being under Robert's thumb and being right in his eyeline. Um, and it stood out to me. I mean, this episode's so much about Dwight. Um, you know, he creates the Doomsday device, of course, but Dwight walks in and Robert stops what he's saying. Uh, he's talking about the ticketing software. 
painting a picture of a very sloppy branch. And when as soon as Dwight sits down with his little notepad, Robert just says, like, it, did, you, did you need – like, why are you here, essentially? And mm-hmm. it's such a departure from Dwight and Michael where Dwight is always Michael's number two. Dwight yeah. is just his his consigliere. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, well, Michael, even if someone's like, do you want me on this? Michael's like, yeah, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, the more people, the better. Yeah. Like Michael, Michael would have called an entire office conference room to talk about how and the then ticketing system like, looks no, bad. Michael, mm-hmm. we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Dwight reveals uh, in in his talking head here that he had a dream that number hmm. two was best, and there were crowds of people at sports games chanting, "We're number two. We're and number two. And women Athletes were the dominant gender. <laughs> Vice yeah. president had all the power. Women were considered the best gender. <laughs> um, as and, always uh, he's worried that it's about it's, uh, it comes from his fear of immigrants <laughs> yeah, no really really showing his cards there Dwight Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah so anyways Dwight is having visions of, of grandeur again and is you know thinking that he is he's better than everyone in the office and out of that comes this idea to reveal to Robert California um, that everyone not only is not good at their jobs, but they've been talking about Robert behind their backs. And I guess there was some report that from a while back that said the the branch should be shut down, and, and I guess, which I guess Robert never saw. I don't understand. <laughs> it's very funny to me that, that Dwight brings this up. On one hand, it tracks a little bit that you you can believe that this group of people makes a lot of mistakes in their day-to-day business. Um, especially yeah. given what happens in the episode. However, like the tone that is kind of portrayed to us, I think, in seasons seven, six-ish, is, I mean, when they sell the company to Sabre, they say, you're the uh, David Wallace says you're the only thing in this company that works. Right. Um, there's so much talk about moving printers and Jim hitting his commission cap. Like, I believe in end of six through seven, we're led to believe that Dunder Mifflin's Sabre, Scranton, is doing pretty well. So it's, it's a little surprising um, to hear that there's a report that recommends that the branch be shut down. That was a little surprising. Um, But, but uh, it makes sense when you look at it through the lens of mistakes and errors and things like that, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's part of this is, is this is Dwight's version of strapping dynamite to himself and walking into the office because he's basically like, if, if I can't have this office, no one can have this office. We deserve to be shut down. And the way Dwight operates is I'll be fine. I can, figure it out he will burn Utica to the ground I don't care he's like I don't care about this place now and um it should be mine I'm the best if I can't then bye and I will take you all down with me I don't care uh it tracks for his character honestly um but uh, the 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 tech side of this there's no way Dwight has the tech jobs (laughs) to create a program that does this sort of thing uh in this day and age it's wildly wildly inaccurate but That's, whatever yeah. you just kind of gotta go sure dwight figured it out but to think about this like something that monitors every arm of the company of the branch between shipping receiving it's... sales accounting everything that would recognize and know exactly what a mistake is yeah don't 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 worry no. about it <laughs> i mean there is just, just don't worry about it i don't know that he dwight well supposedly there is some sort of system in place already that Dwight is just oh to recognize into, I mistakes. guess I don't think he built it oh. yeah. yeah but okay. I do think I do think you're spot on that in that Dwight's thinking is 
if I can't have this branch, then none of these people should have this branch. He says to Andy earlier in the season, you wanted the job, the job is yours, now do the job. And Andy is, is you know, not really able to hold people accountable. He says, I like to say, um, what does he say? Like, you guys have been doing great work, but also your work has been a little sloppy. Like, he can't even, he can't even say it. I love, uh, I love yeah. when he says that. Like, Ryan gives this little, like, twirly, like, ba- like bow. Yeah. As a thank you, and it's like, <laughs> I'd like to add that your work has been a little sloppy. Uh, yeah, he even in he's I'm the one who has to say these things. He says in an earlier episode, <laughs> the talking head. Yeah, um, and you know Dwight is pretty famous for being brutal and very candid, and it's it's a, yeah. it's an interesting departure because we've already seen Dwight leave in season three. Like right. you need, and we've already seen that Dwight has been locked out of the manager job at the end of season seven. So you wonder, what is he going to do from here? And Jim gave up the managerial job, uh, you know, for and uh, or he, he declined it when Joe offered it to him. And Andy is, like, now in place. Dwight is the one who would really have lingering feelings about that. Daryl, after the confrontation in the Lotto episode, is more motivated than ever, at least in the short term. For now. Uh, <laughs> exactly, until season nine. And, but Dwight has more... He has more unresolved feelings, I think, about not being manager, and this is the episode where they get to kind of get at that. Um, so I really like this for Dwight because it's, it's more about Dwight's ambition. Um, we talk well, a little bit about Jim's ambition and Ryan's lack of ambition. Um, but yeah, and this is just—I mean, what? I mean, this is a super fun plot line for the show. Dwight goes full villain. He is totally. lying to everyone. He has. You know, some like a mastermind scheme that doesn't even like, you know, how do you how could you possibly even design that software? There's but, already okay, I email. Guess you did. There's already the email with a consultant report recommending they shut down. And he just adds of his own volition a fail safe. Yes. Where every <laughs> negative email is sent to Robert. And he just came and, and then he just keeps being like, it's no, no problem. Like, you know, I believe that you all can Don't do make it. Those it's like, yeah, it doesn't even cross my mind that it would actually happen. And then, bam! As soon as it happens, he's just like five mistakes in one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, you. <laughs> good luck finding new jobs, idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you didn't, people, Phyllis. Yeah. He, he could be. He really gives <laughs> he Phyllis a lot of the brunt of those. Yeah, does. We tried I, I our had, best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, Phyllis. It reminds me of um, I have ears, Dwight. Do you, Phyllis, like we all do? <laughs> From a different episode. Um, but, yeah, he's like, you screamed at me, you yelled at me, like, you, you felt like none of them. Um, and and Oscar says, Dwight, be human for once. And, and Dwight just shuts them down. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, I love it. It's Dwight going full villain. It's similar to the way that Dwight goes full villain in um, Starmageddon in season nine. It's similar mm-hmm. to when Dwight goes full outdoorsman in Survivor Man. Like, Dwight has these very particular sets of skills or when he decides yeah, yeah. to draw the line. Um, so I did I did really love that as well. And he's almost, like, detached when he's sort of just like, I'll, I'm going to get this done and I don't uh, care what it does. To healthcare. People. Yeah. Healthcare yeah. Is, the, exactly. is the earliest yeah. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, you'd think by this point people would, especially after email surveillance, way 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 back when in season two, like people would stop talking shit about their boss on company email at their computers. It's like just don't do it. Or when uh, Saber, when they, they put in all that, 
all that software to block time wasting websites and things like that. Like Nick, the IT guy looking at all the computers, you'd think that they'd know better a little bit. Better. Yeah. yeah, they are like, they are kind of like this little exclusive, like they can be like this little exclusive club in these later seasons, you know, the way that they ice out Nelly and, and Garth and, <laughs> and the way that they uh, come up with the cartoon captions about Gabe. Yeah. They exactly. go to I am, you know, they, exactly. they mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very funny that they that, and the, the emails are pretty funny too. The ones that they yeah. read out loud. Um, so what? And and while we're setting, oh oh, sorry, go ahead. No, the, the, were you gonna say any no, of the no. emails? That, yeah, the emails are fabulous. I like the yeah. what, I like Kelly's. What is it? He eats his yogurt like he's punishing it for disappointing him. And she's like, "That's so, not that bad." It's not that. Bad. Yeah. P.S. We should kill him. Yeah. Should kill him. <laughs> and then and Ryan's like. <laughs> it's so but it's funny it's funny because that scene and then right after uh jim says wait so you installed a doomsday device mm-hmm. uh, no it's an accountability booster which when it goes off destroys everything very similar to a doomsday device that's like eight and a half minutes into this episode that we get a character being like here's what this episode is going yes. to be yes yeah um it's funny it's, it's like that takes quite a while to get there um but like I don't know. It still works, but it's funny how it just, I, that was just something I noticed of like, I feel like early office opening scene would have been getting to this almost mm. or close to early it. office mm. opening scene. It's like you have cold open or maybe you don't cause it's early office. Michael enters the room and says something to Pam and then it cuts to a talking head of Pam and being like, it's this day in the office. And like, <laughs> that's, that's how the episode's it's kind performance. Of yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or it starts in the conference room with Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just it would, being like mistakes and drawing it on the board. <laughs> it would start with Michael and Robert California. It would cold open Michael and Robert California in the conference room, or on Robert California on the phone with yeah. Michael on speakerphone. It would hi Robert, and then Pam I was up would there explain in sunny California. And Robert's like, mad. I'm Ford. <laughs> he would just be quiet, and then he'd be like, "Are you there? I'm here, Michael." Um, a season four version of this would be. Michael brings everyone in and writes mistakes on the big pad yeah. of paper, misspells it, and then Toby corrects him, and then he kicks Toby out of the meeting. <laughs> He'd put, it'd be mistakes, like two S's, yeah, two yeah. separate words. <laughs> mistakes. What does that mean? <laughs> to be fair, he got the he got the big pad out of the bins. <laughs> he didn't really get a chance to look at it. Uh, but he but... forgot the safety mittens. <laughs> but anyway, um, I yeah. do... They, like it's interesting that they go through like this episode has like a series of steps after Dwight establishes the doomsday device, gets the uh, has the talking head where he tr- can't find a a doctor a man a person trying to reshape the world in their own image or vision, um, he can't find a good one, um, but they do a really good job of like testing it to see what happens and what is the sound that it makes. Uh, Aaron puts the big X on the front of the thing. Like they I like really, that she they, takes that initiative. <laughs> yeah, they like very clearly illustrate what what happens, yeah, and then like exactly what it sounds like when it happens, and then they keep kind of adding up until they get to that final mistake by Oscar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's, one of I those... like that they make Oscar is the one who does it too. Who I also insisted, ended up never breaking. Yeah. insisted on not using a calculator. I mean, this, this is, is one of those comedic moments kinda... from. That from this season that I kind of love, which is the calculator that runs on Thai food and Spanish reds. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, and- the quote I probably mix up the most is talking about Robert California saying, I, th- I think, um, 
See, even now I'm like, is it Australian? We can look it up. Colombian whites and Australian reds oh, is what oh, he said. Oh. But I always say Spanish reds and Colombian whites. But it's the Spanish <laughs> reds comes from Oscar. Uh, I mix those two quotes up. Yeah, I just, I mean, very interesting. Sometimes I feel like you don't know me at all. <laughs> Sometimes I feel you don't know food. Sometimes I feel you don't know food at all. <laughs> I'm... Sean, I just I have a sniper I have a sniper rifle laser on your forehead for you mentioning anything about food. I'm just waiting. I, am I will just never. I will never talk about food again. Food. We haven't had a good did I stutter in quite a while. But yeah, I know. Someday, someday, someday. Well, we'll, maybe we'll get to toast talk later. <laughs> All right. So, look, we've made it to the we've set up that now uh now the office must win Dwight back, convince him to uh, to shut down the machine. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, I guess we kind of have another storyline that's that's starting up, which is is that uh, you know Daryl and Justine are are yeah. no more. Um, he's into uh, which, by the way, we also get Jim talking about how roller derby is going to be a big thing <laughs> or something for just a second, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I love I love it when they start a scene with like you just get the last sentence of a conversation. Yeah, all time king one being Daryl talking to the other warehouse guy, and he's like, "You got to stand up for yourself, man. You can't let them make fun of you." He's like, I know, I'm just scared. <laughs> like Andy, Andy comes in. That is the best one ever. That's a good one. My uh, um, <laughs> oh man, my favorite one is where he's talking about uh, the garlic festival. It's it's in Koi Pond. It's the beginning of Koi Pond. Yes, he goes, and yes. then I think I'm going to go to the garlic festival. Jim, wow, Michael, sounds like fun. You guys would love it. I bet we would. They have a TCBY booth. Same stuff you get downtown. Can't believe it's yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Same stuff you get downtown. But what do you think? What do you think they're? I think they're talking about what date ideas? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's saying okay. with with the NBA lockdown. This oh, was yeah. in 2011. <laughs> Or t- yeah. 2010, there was a lockout. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't need yeah. to talk about it. I just... <laughs> no, let's uh, talk about it. Because uh, okay. that year... So, <laughs> anyways... Blazers lost to the Mavs first round, but you got Brandon Roy's 24-point comeback that year, one of the great Blazer moments. Right about this moment, we get um, Val... Glad Dirk got one, though, man. Dirk really deserved one. Val walks into <laughs> Daryl's <laughs> office, <laughs> and uh, we kind of established that, you know... Daryl might have a little crush on her. Immediately after that, we see that Gabe definitely has a crush on her, uh, which brings me to probably my favorite part of this whole episode is Gabe Lewis. <laughs> Gabe is this is prime Gabe right here. Yeah, he doesn't really oh, have man, anything. Chopsticks so well. <laughs> he doesn't really have that much to do in the show. He's corporate corporate liaison, but he doesn't really have nearly the same role with Robert that he did with Joe. So yeah. There's kind of this question of, like, what do you do with Gabe? And this is a very, very funny application of him. And Gabe, makes three. <laughs> Mondays. As opposed to, okay, you get the very natural sort of conversation where Val kind of peeks her head into Daryl's office. Hey, mandatory safety meeting downstairs. Oh, he used to just sign the thing. Was he always this lazy? Or are you, are you yeah, always yeah, this lazy? Uh-huh. It's a yeah. very, like, natural sort of moment. And then she walks right out into Gabe being like, Mondays, huh? <laughs> yeah, Forcing Mondays the issue so uh... hard. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, games, games move. Games, <laughs> games ask to Val is so tonight. I was thinking I'm going to go to the cemetery, drink a little wine. I thought maybe you'd like to come with me. Yeah. I mean, so bad. And then he's like, but so when he goes to the safety meeting, he's like, oh, get out, skeleton man. <laughs> he's like, you know. I, I think that Val likes a good put down. <laughs> so he decides <laughs> yeah, to target Daryl. <laughs> so I'm going to be milking that hard. Yeah, so again, that okay, hard. again, you get the Michael or oh my gosh, you get the um Oscar's calculator quote. You get this one. Gabe's little motion for milking that hard. You also oh. get your we're skipping right over it, but Gabe goes to Toby yes. to start yeah, the paperwork best, the for best. a new relationship. And that's where you get that moment where uh, <laughs> where Gabe is just going right at Toby. And Toby says, she's going to be screaming her own last name. It's hey, watch it. One of the best <laughs> points One of the best points Toby ever makes. In the whole and then Toby just goes, <laughs> I just love when he goes, hey, watch it. And Toby just goes, good luck, Gabe. <laughs> just immediately pities him. Toby's, Toby's been checked out since June. Oscar says I checked out, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I banged her. <laughs> but then, yes, Gabe just crashes the safety meeting for no reason. And I was just trying to kind of. <laughs> and then Daryl says, Are you done? And, he, and Gabe says, Michelin Man called. He wants his cummerbund back. This is very much, you get the feeling that this is, uh, they're letting Zach Woods, who is like a noted improviser, yeah. they're letting him really play in this episode. It, that's the Definitely. impression I get, at least. Um, yeah, uh, I'd be curious how much of that was written. I mean, and as, as far as this whole B storyline, uh, you know, I've said this before. I don't know why Daryl and Gabe are in Naval. She's, again, the writers really screwed her. She's maybe the most least interesting, flattest character that has is in multiple episodes that speaks. Hey, like, she in can this knit. Show. She can knit. Great. Tell me anything else about her. <laughs> I think she I think might just... like Jamaican food. The only <laughs> that her the boyfriend only thing, makes. Like, <laughs> like in in this episode when she the scene starts and she's like, "Oh, that's too much doodle and not enough lab." I was like, "Oh, hey, there's a little spark of something from Val here," but. <laughs> I think just yeah. underdeveloped, underwritten. Like yeah, they didn't exactly. give her, they they didn't write enough scenes where she could be a real character. Right. I think yeah. it's kind but of. That's a, what I know, mean. Like yeah. the, the foreman in the warehouse, I always feel like should should have that space. They should always have that. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, know why they didn't make Val that. I do think of... it's funny when she tells Andy during his Footloose thing that he's got to clean up after himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bef like before he does it? Yeah, before he does it. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the other foreman in the warehouse, I would like to shout out a, a one-episode character who has never gotten oh, any my... love from us. With the afro? <laughs> yes. Oh. Who, who uh, The scene opens with him putting on his safety belt and going, first, and then like someone goes, second. <laughs> And then Daryl goes, it's not a race. <laughs> and then later, uh, Daryl calls. is like, oh, well, uh, you know, I guess we have a guest, everybody. Uh, Gabe's here. It's like, say hi to Gabe. <laughs> the guy goes, hi, Gabe. Yes. <laughs> Super. So much and, and even Gabe is hi, like, Gabe? points at him and is like kind of confused it's just like what <laughs> what is this <laughs> I'm not, like I, I was like i want to hang out with that guy a little more like what's I know. what's going on here i think him All... and nate could have been a great duo <laughs> totally and it seems like it, it seemed like 
the writers are setting up for like another little couple of funny guys in the warehouse. I'll bet when we get the super fan cut, it'll be there'll be, be another. There'll, there'll be a few scenes with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think all the only other thing that we get from uh, him is that uh, he and the other guy kind of overhear Gabe uh, uh, asking Val out and yeah. <laughs> when he he gets turned down. But that's that's about it. Uh, but I mean, I guess that I mean that kind of covers that whole story. Yeah, last thing really. to say, last last sorry, last thing to say. Yeah, say it. Uh, Sing it, sister. When when Gabe's like, let's go to the cemetery and drink wine. Are you asking me on a date? I am. I don't date coworkers. Not personal. It's a matter of policy. I could quit. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could quit. quit. <laughs> like, not a moment's hesitation. Yeah, I could quit. yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's uh, funny is that's like. In, that's where Michael and Holly go in yeah. season seven after a lot right. of deliberation about what's going to happen. Um, and <laughs> also Dwight and uh, Michael after chair yeah. model. Yeah. Or not, not, yeah. not like a lot of deliberation, but like it's like a yeah. conscious decision that they come to. And yeah. uh, Gabe just instantaneously, <laughs> I can quit. It's ready. Yeah. Uh, but we also get that moment. That's when Daryl's like, oh, the, the policy. I don't, you know. It's good policy. Yeah, it's just yeah, kind of a it's it's yeah it's as far as the Daryl and Val sort of storyline goes, that's just but it, also it more of, more yeah. more Val is a robot evidence. <laughs> yeah, are you asking me on a date? Uh, yeah, I also, don't take coworkers. It's policy. Goodbye. Also, she has a boyfriend. Can't she just say I have a boyfriend? <laughs> we haven't met I, Brandon yet. I guess I guess they haven't been dating that long. Perhaps have we met well, Brandon yet? No, no, I don't think so. No, it's also, definitely it's just not. Like, she just needs to shut down Gabe. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter how. The, yes, absolutely. That, and also, I'll just say, too, that's what Daryl should have also thought. Maybe she's just shutting him down and doesn't actually have a policy. And so mm-hmm. sort of being like, oh, man, guess she's got a policy. Can never talk to her again. And it's like, that's, a, that's a good Daryl. Have you tried that before? <laughs> yeah, dude, you should take that public. You should do that out and about. I'm Daryl. I'm hip and I'm job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave a little smudge on your face. And I don't yeah. care about nobody. <laughs> Imitating people, Michael, when has this ever worked out? <laughs> never. <laughs> when has this ever worked? <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we should go to the resolution. Yes. Of yes. The of, Doomsday of episode. The main so, uh, storyline. Yeah. When they get to the home run, Dwight has left the building. They've tried to guess his password. Um, and he kind of. Four, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Try he kind of Strangler six six six. He kind of gives them that Bond villain thing where he like tells them the plan, or he's like, "There's no escape," sort of thing, and then he leaves. You'll never yeah. guess the. You'll never guess the password. Um, and they begin. They send everyone out. They send out the last ditch effort. Yes. So Jim goes Jim, to try to find Robert, yep. and then um, Andy, Pam, Kevin go to try to talk to Dwight. And this this is kind of where I really like appreciated this episode. So in the like they go to they go to Dwight, and Pam is very very um, steadfast in not talking to him about the machine, just kind of relating to him as a person. Um, she stops Andy several times. Yeah, she just says, "What are you doing?" And just like asked Dwight about, you know, he's clearly digging a grave for a horse. Um, he <laughs> asked another horse you dug too far. Yeah, he asks if they can. She asks if they can come in, and 
she's oh i forgot how you know lovely your home is some mm-hmm. milk will go great with this pie like she's just kind of she's engaging with him and then obviously as we know what she, kind he, of animal <laughs> don't, don't say cow, say cow. Uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, it'll all be goat <laughs> they they don't uh we know that Dwight eventually does shut down the machine but one thing that stood out to me about this episode is at the very beginning Oscar says Dwight be human for once and the way that they get Dwight to shut down the machine is by being human to him mm-hmm. by not making demands of him or yelling at him or uh calling him <laughs> a weirdo um I do love great how Kelly and Aaron Kelly and Aaron are just screaming at him at the mm-hmm. end of that yeah uh, um yeah um it, I, and I also I, just back to the beginning of this when they show up and he's 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 digging the the horse grave. So so Andy brings him a, a hat that they clearly bought at the gas station, um, and Dwight throws it in the in the pile of dirt. But uh, I have always wondered about why Dwight would carry six shovels out to dig <laughs> a horse this. grave because. Uh, as soon as they offer to help, they are all holding shovels. And you could call it just like, I don't know, it's just sort of the, them being lazy and being like, I don't know, I don't want them to have to go get shovels. Like, they'll just have them all of a sudden um, just to move the story along. Or or did Dwight set this little test hmm. up for them? Was he expecting that they might try? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't mean, thought about it that way. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't well, think and so. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he did, I guess brilliant. Watching this episode a few times, I mean, I think the natural conclusion is that by reaching out to Dwight, Dwight made the decision to shut down the machine yes. himself. I guess I'm just gonna have to work with them forever. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any chance that he would have done that if they had not come to see him, or he would have just? Let it all burn. Burnt you to go to the ground. I. Uh, the first time I saw this episode, I was like, there's definitely no machine. Like, Dwight didn't actually make anything. He maybe mm-hmm. made that one thing happen for the performance when it beeps and they make the mistake. But I thought there'd be a talking head at the end. And he's like, there never was a machine. Like, I just mm-hmm. wanted people to work better and show that they could or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm dubious there ever was a, a thing. But um, I. I don't think I think he would have let it happen. I think he would have. Mm-hmm. If it if it is real and he did shut it down, yeah, I think I think coming out there it does seem like the Pobody's Nerfic joke really hits Dwight really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it seems like that one really Pobody's Nerfic turns a on a whole pan? light in the darkness in Dwight's mind of like, Oh right, people are different and have they're not as good as me is probably what he's thinking. <laughs> it's like I'm perfect, but you're right, no one else is. I should treat them stroke, that way. Pam. It's nobody's perfect. Nice stroke, Pam. Nice yeah. stroke, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that. I use a bad apiarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get a friend loser, yeah. <laughs> um, another in, in within Cabbage this doomsday pie. device. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. An- another uh, one of those little comedic moments that's built into this is when Dwight is initially telling Andy, and he's like, ah, should have used a shorter string. Like that's such a funny gag for nothing. Uh, I love it. I love a good prop joke. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Another piece of evidence for me that the thing never existed. Mm -hmm. That was all an act. Mm. Yeah. He's got it all memorized. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no one ever. Yeah. It's like he's not capable Mm. of building that and he never showed anyone it and it probably never existed. 
If if you got, I w- I'm curious to know what people think. So leave us voicemails or emails about what you think about this the machine, this unnamed. You'll never shut down the machine, um, <laughs> whether ever it existed at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think carrying us into the last little storyline of this episode, it's kind of a, it's very very small, but Jim going to yes. try to stop oh. Robert. I love this scene. It's worth the price of admission. <laughs> this scene. Uh, yeah. John Krasinski physical comedy. It's. It's a great opportunity yeah. for him to do yeah. throw his huge lanky, lanky body around, gumby <laughs> body around that yeah. box. And there this are... is great, dude. Just Robert California, <laughs> just working Jim all over the floor. <laughs> Ooh, skin knee, skin knees. <laughs> Put some ice on that. <laughs> that there are a handful of, of scenes like this in the office where Jim kind of squirms. It happens with Charles Minard with the rundown and the tuxedo, and it happens with the Mrs. He's yeah, got to stop so playing I'm... sports with his boss. <laughs> the Mrs. California episode where he's just trying to escape the entire yeah. time. Like, I think this is probably my favorite of the scenes where Jim is just squirming and can't get away. Uh, pool party um, when he can't get out of the Robert's house. Um, mm-hmm. But I love this one because he's in the glass box with Robert. Yes, it's quite literally he's trapped in, in a box. In the, he's, he's in the cage, you know. Um, <laughs> and he, after Robert is, you know, met, you know, think um, – I could wrestle Stu once a month. All right, Will, same time next week. He says to his other (laughs) squash partner. And then uh, he's surprised to see Jim. I love the scene where Jim rips the (laughs) the packaging, the little Wilson thing off the front of his squash (laughs) jacket. Squash meeting. You up for a game? A game or a match? (laughs) Exactly. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. My uh, my favorite line out of this whole uh, little storyline is (laughs) – uh, when the phone, when the when uh, Robert's phone rings, Jim runs out and reaches into Robert's bag. Robert's like, "Yeah, that is my phone. Oh, that's mine. You You're took it out of my it bag. In, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very similar to, yeah. to you photocopied it and distributed it around the office. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then he finally like gives him the phone back, at, throws the phone at him, and he's like, uh, "What kind of iPhone is that?" He's like standard same one that everyone has he's like oh yeah i have the one that nobody has <laughs> it's just i don't know why i love that line from jim well and immediately after it is a good like because he's trying to like explain himself yeah after he throws the phone ah, ah, and uh, robert tries to like catch it with his racket and then jim says well I'm sore and obviously horrible at this, so my serve. <laughs> yeah, there it's is, not over. There is no escape. I uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Like, Jim, you, you you warmed up the bowl. You're not getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> There's something funny because Jim is such an escape artist. He loves to get out of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's very funny to watch him just trapped again. It is. Yeah. I'll say this, too. I really appreciated the attention to detail on what notification might pop up on Robert California's phone. And in this case... Yeah. A one-day-only JetBlue sales to Buffalo, which would make sense that Robert would have notifications for flight deals to branch locations where yeah. Dunder Mifflin is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was like, hey, that's that was good. They could they could have done anything, and they were like, let's have this make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, they then it's revealed that Dwight has shut down the machine. We see him sitting on the on the porch of Shroot Farms in the rocking chair wearing the the gas station hat, hat that he pulled out of the dirt. Um, and 
Uh, that pretty much they concludes come over the here, episode. Eat my with... pie, dig the crappiest horse grave you've ever <laughs> <Yeah>. seen. <laughs> uh, they do celebrate a little bit in the office, but that's just it yeah. Kind of wraps up. Yes, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sitting back in his chair. And we get some more footage of of Jim uh, playing squash. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I th- I mean. Season eight and nine, we rag on a lot. I think that this is a is a really good episode. It does feel very classic. <clears throat> In the end, I feel like, you know, maybe it's because Andy kind of takes a bit of a backseat in this episode, and he almost could be a Michael Scott in this situation, and we kind of let you know Jim and Pam and Dwight run the show. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, super funny episode. Uh, and I, I guess it even has a positive ending, a mushy ending. But I, I like this one. <laughs> it's warmed your cold, cold heart. I guess so. Just it's like a, white. It's got a soft, <laughs> mushy jelly on the inside of a hard <laughs> exterior. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really well done that. Andy gets sidelined when he gets there because Andy was never going to be the one to convince Dwight. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah. Jim is taken out of the equation as far as making this appeal to Dwight because Jim also, I think, it wouldn't have been right for Jim to be the one to make this appeal. I think it was perfect that it was Pam yeah. and Andy trying to trying to be more direct and then Kevin just kind of there uh, because he's got that, that special something. Um, and <laughs> guys, guys, I'm right, right here. here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like it, it was just very. I think the it was a, it was a light touch or the the right touch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Dwight overhearing Pam in the beginning of season seven, um, or Jim making the appeal to Dwight in the stairwell. Like I think it had the same kind of feel as those moments. And I'm glad that it was Pam to Dwight at Shoot Farms. I thought that the setting like it made sense, and I, I thought it was just very very well done. Um, and in terms of season eight and nine, I mean, I, I know that I think I like season eight a bit more than you do, maybe. But um, within season eight and nine, um, because there are so many more characters with so many more things going on, just in this episode, you have Daryl and Val getting set up um, in addition to what's going on. And we know the Daryl and Val storyline carries on. Um, it's very easy for the seasons, at least to me, especially in season nine, to feel a little bit looser, like to it's even though you watch the show again and again, like when do certain things happen? What episodes are these in? And again, I was just surprised at how many of my favorite moments from season eight are just kind of captured in this episode. Yeah. I, and I, I love too to see, you know, Pam be the hero of the episode. Um, you know, it's, it's her, her emotional intelligence that, that breaks through and, uh, and convinces Dwight to, uh, to turn off the machine, I love to see. I love to see Pam and Dwight get along. They and their weird little friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, this is this is a good episode. And and you know too, it's like with with Andy, and you know, missing Michael Scott, missing Steve Carell. It's like you know, it's very Michael to be want to please the boss. And to turn to Dwight and trust him and give him power. Um, so, you know, I think that maybe that also feels very familiar. Um, 
uh, and that he doesn't do much more than that. So, yep. so yeah. Anyways, I mean, there, there, there you have it. Uh, Can I do one last quote shout out? Oh we yeah, didn't even t- just last please, one here. Please. This is when Dwight's yelling at the office when he's like, "No, you didn't, Phyllis. You complained the whole time. You yelled at me." Uh, Aaron calls him the real crumb bum. <laughs> after that and then Dwight says hey you can't just change the rules because you don't like the outcome shout out to I think you should leave by the way you can't just change the rules because you don't like how I'm doing this yeah uh, no but then we get a we get a resolution to a tiny thread which is like what about you Kevin what about you and your fake task can you oh, tell yeah. me now where paper yeah. comes from <laughs> Kevin says the man tree puts its penis and then Dwight cuts him off uh, I would love to have that so. entire explanation, just let Kevin do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was that was a funny side thing. That yes, Kevin. Did. Well, yeah. and it's kind of a continuation of when Dwight is the temporary manager is giving this series of lectures about how paper is made. Yeah, yeah. And he asks where trees grow. He clearly and, believes uh, every employee at Dunder Mifflin should know this by heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they and, and Kevin says and the respect. forest. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah he's got it yeah so it's the, on his way. This, this it's an ongoing evolution of of, of kevin's knowledge of the of the uh yeah. ins and outs fortunately he's, he's kind of moving backwards but yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you have it doomsday uh let's uh take a quick break and we'll meet back up in the conference room all right you know what that's it conference room five minutes all right, in the conference room this week, we just have one message. Uh, I think we would have liked to get to more, but we do got a. We went a little long, I think, with our episode discussion. Even though I think we all enjoyed that episode. Um, Definitely. But anyway, very quick one for you. Um, this message uh, comes from Colleen, um, who wrote a great subject line, quote, "And please, God, don't let them have eyes." <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, she writes, greetings from Ohio. Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. I've definitely gone back and forth on my feelings about Nelly throughout multiple series rewatches. But one thing that has always bothered me is the part in fundraiser when she doesn't know what a taco is. Like, is she supposed to be dumb or is this a lazy way to make her appear like an outsider who could possibly not know what a taco is? But on this week's episode of the <laughs> Great know. British Baking Show, one of the challenges was to make tacos. And these people were, in all caps, flabbergasted. The vast majority had no idea about the look, taste, construction of a taco. They're completely in the dark. So I guess if this is representative of most people's taco knowledge in the UK, maybe it makes sense that Nelly might have not encountered them before. Apologies, Nelly, for using this as another reason to be annoyed with your character. Apparently, tacos don't have quite the global reach that I'd assumed. So... Thank you, Colleen. I thought that was yeah. such a funny message and hilarious because, yes, if you saw that episode, um, I actually haven't seen the episode, but I've seen enough videos of them <laughs> saying things like pico de gallo and guacamole. That it's, yeah. just, it's amazing. Yeah. Guacamole, I think, is what they say. Yeah. say yeah. Like on one episode, uh, yeah, in, on like a previous season, <laughs> there was a guy who had, who had been to Mexico and he mentioned it every episode. And we were all like, I did watch that season. Yeah, that's so odd (laughs) that he's like so obsessed with Mexico. But it's like, okay, I guess it's like a for it's like a full on like other planet to these. That's like us. That's like us going to like East Africa or something. I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. but like, um, but uh, yeah. Also, there must not be like a single American producing that show or anywhere near it because there was also a lot of tone deaf. Uh, uh, like there was a, a lot of uh, stereotypes that made their way into the show. So, anyways, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that story. That story is 
pretty funny, actually. That's funny. I, I think I need to go back. Are there a lot of Irish people living around here? <laughs> it makes sense because Nelly is often very tone deaf. I might have to go back yes. and watch this episode now. I've only seen little clips, but um, but yeah, yeah. It I is thought, fun. Uh, I mean, it's funny that that it's so like. <laughs> it's so outrageous. Yeah. Huge um, whopping penis. <laughs> but a great way to bring it back uh, to the office. So I really wanted to uh, to read that to you guys because I thought that was fantastic. That was, so thank you that again. Was good. Yeah. That was good. I'm not on that episode yet. We're one week behind. We're watching Great British with our friends. And I'm, I haven't seen that yet, but I I just saw it said Mexican week in the feed. It was like, Ugh. <laughs> here we go. I don't think they're going to do well. <laughs> um, well, uh, uh, Edwin, it's now time for our new segment, Top of Swissmas, uh, where we, we check in on Edwin's Swiss adventure. Uh, yes, how's hello? it going over there in Zurich? I already won the lottery. I was born in the U.S. of A, baby. And as backup, I have a Swiss passport. Yes, hello and welcome to Top of Swissmas, uh, a segment where I tell you about how things are going over here. Um, it's it's good. I like it a lot. I am. Uh, I would tell you that uh, restaurants here are very expensive, at least in Zurich, at least where I am based right now. Sometimes I, like, uh, I feel you don't know food at all. Uh, there is a restaurant not too far from me where uh, tacos are six dollars, six francs each, which is like a little over six dollars each for a taco. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. Um, for a taco. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess I'm just, I'm very, like, I'm getting my feet. I'm learning this country. I am just super awkward everywhere that I go. I have to, like, look up <laughs> translations and things. It's very funny um, oh, uh, to navigate all of that. that. It's I'd, very, love it's, I'd love to be on the fly uh, on the wall. You, I'm sorry, oh, man. It, there's so many, I'm laugh, I laugh at myself all the time because, like, things where I just, like, I'm I'm just the opposite of smooth all the time. And uh, one funny thing that happened to me this weekend was I was walking back. Um, as you guys know, I'm a tennis player, so I found some tennis courts. I was on my way back, and I was walking on kind Bag of this full over... of swords. <laughs> Bro, those swords. Uh, throwback to one of our earlier episodes. But I was walking back on this overpass across um, that crossed over these uh, these railways for the trains, and. I was walking against the traffic and there's like a shared sidewalk on either side of the road that has like a sign for bike and pedestrian. So you yeah. share with the bikes and mm-hmm. I was walking into traffic and I had my bag and um, a car slowed down and rolled down the window and said something to me very quickly in German. And I didn't understand anything except for the word Autobahn. And then a car behind them honked and they rolled up the window and drove away. And I really thought that they were angry at me for walking on the wrong side of the street. So I thought, like, man, did I really commit this sort of social faux pas by walking on the wrong side of the street? Um, Like, to the point that they needed to slow down and roll down the window and tell me. And it kind of sat with me for a little while. And I noticed because most of the traffic was coming, uh, foot traffic, bike traffic, was coming opposite of me. So I was like, man, I must have really done something wrong. But there were a couple people walking behind me. I asked my coworkers when I got uh, on Monday because this happened Sunday. They were like, "Oh yeah, they were just asking where the autobahn was. Like they were asking for directions for the free." Yeah, that's what I thought. That's probably <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was so fast and it was it was delivered in like a very commanding tone. Yeah, and all I understood was autobahn. Like I thought I had really done something wrong. I thought I mean, they were mad at me. That's the problem with German. <laughs> that they could have said you're looking nice, and you would have been like, yeah. "I think they're mad at me." Yeah, I really thought I had done something wrong. So they were yeah. asking, "Did you get those swords on the autobahn?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. That's, so Autobahn is, is German for bro are those swords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I know Autobahn is freeway and not like road, right. but yeah. still it was uh it was just a very funny, silly thing that happened uh this week. So um come Listeners, back this week. Listeners, you should know if you haven't already picked up, like Edwin is a really polite person. He's a very <laughs> Like he has great manners. I'm He's sure they've polite. gathered that. Sure they've <laughs> gathered that. But like in in certain social settings, and now I'm thinking like at a place where you don't speak the language, and there's little translations, and like you can't you can't have an answer or be polite. I can see Edwin <laughs> having a really difficult time. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, for the most part, everybody. For the most part, everyone I've encountered speaks a little bit of English. For the most part, and yeah. Uh, I've had a, somebody come up and approach me and say something in German, and in the back of my head, I'm like, I got nothing for you, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that they do speak English. We can communicate just fine. I'm the one who probably needs to learn German and or Swiss you. German. But that was in the back of my head. I'm like, oh man, this isn't gonna go anywhere if uh, <laughs> if they don't speak English. So I, I got to step up my game a little bit and uh, learn some sure. more. Uh, German and or Swiss German, but uh, for now, I'm just an awkward stranger here. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I think a lot of people have a fear of being an inconvenience. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, like, yes. When you're in the so. setting that you're in, Edwin, that is just, it's constant. And I could, like, I, I feel like Edwin in particular uh, would be pretty sensitive to it that. It sounds, yeah. You got it, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like an everyday thing. It's just like, man, I'm so awkward here. Like, it's very funny fighting yeah. my feet. But, yeah. You'll get you'll get the hang of it. You'll I'll learn, learn, baby. You'll learn, you'll baby. Learn, baby. You'll learn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll come back next week for more uh, for more tales. Now we're cooking. <laughs> now we're cooking. Uh, I'm fine, bitch. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, there you have it for top of Swissmas. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do do some trivia. Let's just do our thing. Collect our hardware. And get the hell home. Okay, guys, this trivia is sent in by Darren. Sent in back in June, so hopefully you're still with us, Darren. Thank you for sending this. Uh... You mean like still listening to the podcast? <laughs> I just beat alive. <laughs> right? right for you, Darren. Hope you're still with us. Still, I uh, hope you're still listening. Uh, thank you for sending this trivia. Actually, this is a very media trivia, so I'm just going to give you a portion today and, cool. we'll, and we'll we'll re return to this you're gonna portion um, it up to parcel out throughout the day healthier that way <laughs> healthier um okay guys name as many as you can which characters as homes do we get to see jim and pam jim. yes michael dwight yeah michael condo uh-huh gabe wait a Kev minute wait hold on hold on <laughs> toby I don't yeah. know if we ever the see egg is how the egg is house. Is this an employee of ours? I, I yeah. Oh. Are they speaking about the exterior or interior? Uh, you know, I guess uh, just in general. But Toby wasn't on the list. I'll, I'm going to give Meredith? you that one. Okay, Meredith. Yes, Meredith. Yes, Stanley. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Jim's apartment. Oh yeah. That's uh, mm hmm. Um, Ryan's studio apartment. Oh, in New York. In New York. In New York. Uh huh. Yep. That's right. Night out. We see Kevin's. It's uh, yeah, that little lady dog. That's true. Yes, we're, we're set in the entire show. <laughs> we see Angel Angela's house through the webcam. Yep. We see. Um, oh, I just had it. We see. Oh, Daryl and Jim's apartment in Philly. 
Oh, yeah. I don't think that was see Irene's house in Florida when when Aaron is living there. Okay, yeah. Um... Uh, we never see Phyllis and Bob's house, but I would like to. We oh, to we, see, we see David Wallace's house. Duh. We do. David yes. Wallace. We see Oscar's apartment after Angela moves in with him. We do. And we also see Oscar's house with Gil. Saddle shoes with denim. I will that's call right. child services. <laughs> that's right, because Dwight goes into Oscar's house. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, you guys have gotten, gotten a lot of these. Wait, uh, don't, don't cut us off How many off more yet? characters okay, are okay. there? I'm trying to even think. Yeah. Uh, we see... It's a character we talked about this episode. Did we see? Oh, we see Nellie's house. Saw Nelly. Oh, yes. Yep, we see Nellie's apartment when she's moving in. We've seen Gabe's house. Already said that. Robert California's house. Oh, Bob, apartment Bob, in Bobby Florida. We see Robert California's house and his and condo his in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. Uh, did we see Joe Bennett's? No, we see her no. airplane and her hangar. Um. I think there's only one more here that you guys haven't gotten, and you and you and you got some extras too. Who is it? Oh, we see. Oh no, that's not Andy's. This is this is a tough one. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. Um, yeah. Or... Uh, we see uh, Holly's house uh, when she. Moves. Oh, in Nashua. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, you guys wow. did did good there. You want? Do, do we have time for another one of these? There's, there's, uh, yeah, there's time. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll give you, give you one more. Over the course of the, the series, take it to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of the series, which of the, uh, of kind of the main ensemble, uh, which characters do we know their full name, middle name, and all? Oh, this was a. I didn't remember. I did a middle name trivia way back in the oh, day. You did. You did. It was very first Ryan's cool retreat. That's right. Do you want to? Should we do this Speaking again and see if you? <laughs> Ryan Bailey Howard. Yep. Pamela Morgan Beasley. Pamela Morgan Beasley. Uh huh. Uh huh. Jim Duncan Halpert. I was going to say Duncan. What? Oh, you know that that one didn't make the list here, but that's right. Uh, Holly Partridge Flax. Yep. Uh, Michael Gary Scott. Michael Gary yep. Scott. Dwight Kurt Schrute. Mm hmm. Angela Noel Martin. Yep. D'Angelo Jeremetrius Ra- Vickers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kelly Rajanaganda Kapoor. Yep. Aaron Kelly Hannon. Or, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Kelly Aaron Hannon. Kelly, Kelly Aaron, Aaron Hannon. Hannon. Yep, that's right. You guys are nailing these. Gabriel Susan Lewis. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think GSL. there's only one left. Andrew Baines Bernard. Andrew that's Baines it. Bernard. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. Very good job, guys. Uh... <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Darren, for sending in that trivia. You can send in trivia. We'll have to get to the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can send us trivia. I I am running a little low on trivia right now, so please send it. We'll return to this one. Uh, But if you want to send in new trivia, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a message, 503-694-9314. We love to play the voicemails on the show. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. Become a Scott's Top for 5 bucks a month. Support the show. Get a bonus mailbag episode every month exclusively for uh, Scott's Tots questions and uh, ad-free main feed episodes and some bonus content. We like to donate a portion of those 
uh, funds to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. Uh, so thank you very much to our Scots Tots. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, thank you to Ryan Lloyd, who designs our artwork. And uh, this episode was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, sending us emails, voicemails, um, comments, everything. It means the world to us that we get to keep doing the show. Uh, and we appreciate you for uh, for supporting us and hanging out with us while we do. So um, as always, um, just know that it means uh, that your support is everything, keeps the show going. And uh, we, we we're just very grateful that we get to do this show week in, week out, hang out with friends, hang out with all of you. So take care, stay safe. See you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the solid. Yes, sir. Sigh of Drapely. To take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. You know what? Fine. I try to start fun traditions for you guys, but if you don't want to sing, no traditions. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. And good night. (laughs) 